you're tied up, you better stay tied up, cause it's cheaper to keep her. This is from T, it says, it's cheaper to keep her. It's cheaper to keep her. Oh, Welcome, welcome, welcome. Welcome to the Father Time Dadcast, season two, episode number three. You got your host here, Eddie Berrios, and our other co-host, Cameron Codwell. And today, it's just us two. Uh, Mr. CJ wasn't able to make it already. (laughs) (laughs) But he had to take care of some stuff, so he'll be back next week. And we're working on getting some other guests um, on the podcast. But yeah, man, how's everything been going since last week? Uh, Same old, same old. Um, Just dealing with some work stuff and everybody's good old unemployment and all that fun stuff so yeah yeah nothing different with covid um in the household Nah, everybody clean we we sanitize we solid (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah just been staying at the crib uh occasional grocery store run but that's as fun as it gets i'll go see my grandma every now and then um yeah that's that's it man you doing anything specific to kind of what are you doing personally to kind of keep yourself sane uh, literally doing music, all this stuff back here. I pretty much live here. <laughs> um, lit- yeah, that's pretty much all I have at this point. That and um, in the pool with the kids in the daytime, and you know, doing some yard work. Um, just really finding stuff to stay busy, and and even work stuff. Really, even though there's really nothing to do, just doing stuff to be proactive. So when all this kind of blows over and people start getting back to work, you know, we come out ahead versus playing catch up from behind as much as possible. So, I mean, there's plenty to do. It's just kind of doing all that stuff. You know, everybody always puts off. Right. You know, it's just like, oh, I need to do this. Oh, I need to get this done. Or I've been meaning to do this like a year ago and I never did it. This is the time where I'm getting all of that stuff done. You know, just one by one. So. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to do. I've always had like a little checklist of things I wanted to try and. And experiment, especially, I've been more dealing with more like photography right. and video type of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, I kind of retired from the music game. You know? <laughs> Boom. <laughs> um, but yeah, I still do things here and there. Play horn for some people that hit me up. But oh yeah, yeah. okay. Musically, I'm just kind of putting it, um, hanging up the coats. <sighs> Just as long as you don't hang out of the truck, we good. Okay. Nah, it's good. It's on, that's that's always on deck. Um, still got a couple students that I teach and stuff. So, are you doing a virtual lesson? I've done like one or two. Um, How does that actually? Does that work good, or is it still better in person? I mean, it's always better to be in person, mm-hmm. but it works all right if if the student is kind of, I guess you could say, developed enough. Okay. Um, to focus and they understand like what it is that we're actually focusing on or working on. Um, so like, but it's just hard to really nit, yeah, because it's really hard to nitpick. Um, as far as like, like with one of my students, he's a little bit more advanced. So normally, I'll nitpick like just oh this note you tongue this note wrong or the way you slurred from this note to that note, like do it this way instead or clean it up. But through the audio on the computer, it kind of really like, hard. Is it a delay or? It's really hard to really get those little details, mm-hmm. um, but with some of like the other students who are less advanced, um, 
it's it's good because you can still work on different techniques and different st- stuff to build on foundationally. Okay. But as far as um, being able to really get in there, I mean, it's always better to be in person because you can get that firsthand listen. Fair. And see what their posture is like, what they're sitting. Because sometimes they like to just sit back and slosh, and, and that's that. what's messing yeah. them sound or not being able to do whatever it is. Um, but. You know that's what we got to deal with now. Just with, <clears throat> just like all the teachers and the and the yeah. students and trying to get through all that. Yep. But um, yeah, man. This week we've got some really good questions. So thank you guys, everybody, for um, tuning in to our last episode. Uh, I know we kind of dropped it late, um, and there was some link <laughs> issues somehow, but we fixed that. So make sure you guys go check out episode two if you haven't. Um, this episode will most likely be up by Friday. Um, I think we might keep it on Fridays. That's what our drop date used to be. Yeah, it was. It seemed to kind of work best for everybody because everyone liked it as they were driving home from work. Going into or, the weekend. Yeah. Right. Um, they could apply all the all the lessons learned. Right. <laughs> so, yeah, this week, um, talking about COVID, uh, we had some questions. It's uh, one of the questions that... Um, What's pretty interesting was, what was it? Let's see. Okay, so what have you learned um, through this time during this whole COVID? Uh, well, how has that affected your relationship with family, kids, your partner, um, mm. et cetera? Uh, well, I'll start from the kids. Uh well, every everything is a double-edged sword uh, for me personally, um, but for the kids, definitely uh, this extra time with them, they've been loving it. Um, just super cleaning, you know, daddy come do this, mom can play this, and, you know, every day is pretty much like a summer day for them, right? Even though they have, like, school assignments and homework and stuff, it's still the fact of they're being home every day, you know, so... Um, they're loving it. You know, it was cool at first, but you know, I have two, so they start to argue and nitpick <laughs> and fight. So it's always a flip side of that. Um, you know, there's, there's no escape, you know, work is just like, okay, you go to school for, you know, six, seven hours, you know, you have some time away now. It's just like, you really have to set some ground rules and some consistent, uh, ways of living so you can keep your sanity um, as far as the wife it's uh, it's helped in some ways but it's also hurts in other ways uh, it helps because of the communication like we are forced to have to see each other a right. lot more <laughs> right um, there's no getting around that um, like days when she'll do something stupid I'm like what the f- Right. I can't. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> um, or or I'll be, you know, doing something stupid or like I'm locked in my zone or whatever. And she want to talk. and I'm like, bruh, I'm over here trying to work. I try to do all that right now. So it's, you know, I, ha- I had to relearn how to communicate um, with her in a different way, given the circumstances. Uh, I've been a lot more attentive to kind of those indirect signs of when they want to be bothered, when they don't want to be bothered, you know what I mean? Just right. Paying more attention, um, just in general, of what she likes and what she doesn't like, and 
you know, that stuff you kind of take for granted. You gloss over through the everyday rigor of just getting up, going to work, taking kids to school, working, coming home, helping with homework, getting ready for bed, and then go to sleep and do it all over again. Yeah. So a lot of that stuff, it just pretty much got glossed over for a long time. And it's not that it was intentional, but that's just what life, life requires so right now. Right. So um, that whole dynamic is is different, but I'm getting a little more comfortable operating in that in that space now um, for the most part. But I will say I will be happy when things go back to normal <laughs> because I don't like being told what I can't do. Even if I, even if it's not that bad, it's just I like to have the option. So you know, yeah, the stay-at-home order is just like trash. I'm over it, but it is what it is. And I think that's kind of what's. I mean, even for me too. Like I normally like to be at home. Like I'm not a party animal. Right. I don't normally go out bars and drinking or clubs or anything like that. Um, those days are those days are long gone. Right. Um, but. Just now that it's like forced to be home, it's like right. I don't want to. It's like I, if I want to be home, it's because I want to be home, right. not because somebody making me be home. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if it's not because it's like something that I didn't cause or it's not my fault. Right. And it's like, right. no, I got to pay for it. Well, not even pay for it, but just because we're trying to do what we can to get all of this and keep everybody else safe. But right. it's just, it's frustrating. Um, but as far as, yeah, as far as kids, um, Definitely that, just them being around, I think it's helped um, kind of build that that relationship with them a little bit stronger. Definitely. Getting better to understand the, their um, personality uh-huh. and really understand where their mind, um, just kind of what they're going through. Especially like for, for EJ, he's just, um, well, he's in a split household, so... Just seeing the difference of him having to be at home with his mom, and then once he comes over with me, and he's with me, um, just that different change or his attitude, and I've noticed like there's been lack of that motherly compassion or something from the other household is like lacking, and I don't know if it's. The motherly aspect, like the just that pure actual affection, or um, that he really doesn't receive, uh-huh. um, that that attention seeking is just really, I've seen, get even more crazier. Being that she's just as much as home as I am, but right. I put more attention to him. I give more effort in doing things and making sure that he's doing stuff, and so. When he comes back, it's like I see like a little bit of a rebellious side, um, and so it's it's helped me kind of be more patient with him and keep calm. Because before I'd I'd lose it real quick and I start yelling, but it's helped me just kind of um, tone it down with him and just give him a little bit more time to really like reestablish himself. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's helped, um, and as far as relationship or keeping up in contact with others it's just like that communication i think in general is what's been helpful right and in a whole um with friends family and everybody is just being able to making sure that you guys are on top of whatever it is that you guys might be dealing with personally 
And especially because this whole situation can <clears throat> really bring like a like a depression Heck yeah. on top of you. And I know that statistically that's what's been right. What's been shown. Because people are forced to deal with their crap and the environment they live in. And not to say that everyone has like the greatest household or the worst household, but if if you're living in uh, an environment that's not healthy and you're forced to stay in that environment and like most people's reprieve was literally going to work or not being home. Yeah, but there's now that no you escape. don't have that option, like you have to deal with it. And unfortunately for some people they might be in abusive relationships and it's just like best of luck to you, you know. Um yeah, I was you watching get out um, of that stuff. It's bad. I was watching a video of like some doctors where they were giving like a statistics on stuff and they were saying like child molestation has gone up like crazy over this whole two months. I could believe it. Um and like domestic violence cases and like right. all types of stuff um that's been brought up just because now right. you're forced to be stuck at home with these people that normally you, you can re- just leave be, right. or escape somehow. At a certain point in April, they were talking about um, banning all alcohol sales um, in the state of California because uh, the domestic violence um, and alcohol abuse rates shot through the roof the first two to three weeks from like, um, what was that, March 16th or whatever that Friday was Yeah, uh, when everything went down to like the first week or two in April. Like, it was ridiculous. They were seriously considering just, like, not selling any alcohol anywhere. All liquor stores are going to be shut down. Any grocery stores that sold alcohol, it was supposed to be pretty much locked up or not even out on the floor. Like, they were considering doing that because the rates were getting crazy. Yeah. I mean, and I believe, especially, like, those who got laid off who are... um, Right. I know know a lot of people, like, who are illegally here... Mm -hmm. um, they can't qualify for no stimulus check. They can't get no unemployment. And they can't work. And yeah. now they can't work. And these bills still got to get paid and stuff. I mean, luckily right now, electricity's not going to cut off. But right. But just having call, that you still got to pay it right. all when, when this stuff is over with. Right. But you like, still have that stress and knowing that, especially if you're like the the main provider for the household. Oh, yeah. And it's like now you can't do nothing. Right. You're struggling to figure out how you're going to feed your kids and family and so right. it's, it's like, it's just. Yeah. People's lifestyles have been turned upside down. And like, I didn't realize, yeah, that just the simplest of, of things, like going out to eat, like you start second guessing everything now. Right. Like for sure. And it's just like, you know, I had to kind of curb my spending habits. I couldn't just like buy stuff here and there. And like, I still technically can. But, you know, it's in moderation. I just can't be going out buying, right. <laughs> like, all kind of crazy stuff <laughs> just because just I want it, you know. It, it's definitely changed a lot um, just from the finances, how the bills work, and, you know, really accounting for, for the monies to make sure, you know, we're not going to be in a bad position, you know. It's, right. It's, it's crazy how much I've had to change personally and professionally. Just how everything is laid out. It's just, it's opened my eyes um, from a financial perspective on on how to move if stuff like this were to ever happen again. 
which it will at some point. It's only going to get worse eventually. Right. right. And it might be a different virus or disease or whatever it is. But well, they were talking about. It's crazy. I saw, I think, was it this morning or yesterday? Something about like now there's like these poisonous hornets or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Like that's like the new thing coming in. That's like literally it's Bro. it'll kill you like almost like on the spot if you don't right get help. Right. And so it paralyzes you and then just shuts down your whole immune system and then starts working on your heart. It's crazy. Yeah. I already looked into it. It's wild. Like I don't I mean, I don't even know like the hornets where... are huge, bro. Like they look like a dang bat <laughs> with a stinger on it. Yeah. Like, My thing is like it'd be kinda hard to miss. Like that. how the heck did just like the hornet just evolved? Like, cause there's hornets before, but it's like now all of us. Oh, like, here's a bro. The hornet was the size of like the palm. I'm just like, I ain't never seen no hornet or bee species of bee that big, bro. All I know is you see me running. <laughs> don't Serious. don't call me no punk, cause nah, I don't mess with that. The crazy part is I don't even know what area they're they came in from. Yeah, or just like where they're where they're. At right now, because I ain't never seen not one hornet in Southern Cali, at, at least out here where we're at. I I don't even know if so if I can identify a hornet if I seen one. Right, couldn't you know at all. But yeah, but I mean, yeah, this is definitely just taught a lot of lessons um, as far as just relationship, parenting, financial aspect. Um, has really just been, I think, just a a lesson and in a whole and just kind of right hopefully a worldwide lesson to for everybody to really just be grateful um the simple to things. what you have right and what you like start aspiring for like materialistic things mm-hmm. and really just appreciate whatever little bit that you do have and right the people you have around you um i think this is even like a great time to really see which friends or family are truly there for you. Like who checked up on you? Who actually like hit you up? Out. <laughs> who hit you up like, hey, you good? Like just randomly. Right. Um and so really take this time to evaluate your life and everybody around you, everybody in it, um, your financial situations, what you can change to once things get back to normal and stick to it and let this whole be a like uh a full life lesson and for you to start over if that's if that's the situation you were in prior to going into right. this whole covid thing um and i hope a lot of people have the courage and and have the the willfulness to actually kind of re restructure their lifestyle and reprioritize some things so if they are in toxic situations or whatever the case is they actually have the courage to you know Pretty much take that L up front and get out of that situation and start over. Yeah, before it you gets know, worse. Everybody, you know, when, you, when you're talking about changing a whole lifestyle, you know, whether it's you're living with somebody who is abusive, but they pay all the bills and you don't work or whatever the case is. I mean, take that L and move back home with a family member or whatever and start over. Be accountable for yourself. You know, but as long as you're not getting beat on or your kids aren't getting abused or and or all of the above, you know, it's worth the upfront loss because it's going to put you in a better situation in the long run. Right. I mean, and and if they're and if you're dealing with something like that, right, right, don't be afraid to like 
call the cops. Like, if that's what you feel like, if that's if you don't have any family members out here, anybody you right. think that can't help you, shoot. If something happens, like, call right. the cops. Let well, you gotta evaluate help. the level of crazy from the other person because some people is for real, for real crazy. Right. <laughs> And so you, you got to be careful with that because I have known some people who they were in some abusive relationships and they made the conscious choice to call the cops and get law enforcement involved and it just made it a thousand times worse. Um, so just be very mindful and just make sure when you do that, you do have a way out and you just don't call the cops. And stay there. And stay there. <laughs> right. Stay in the house. Wait for them to come. <laughs> right. <laughs> So just like call the cops, get them arrested, and be out. You know, don't look back. <laughs> yeah, and even guys, like, don't don't let yourself get beat on. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny to me. I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, who was somebody I was talking to? I can't remember who. Uh, someone told me about somebody or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, um, my buddy. Uh, Clint was telling me about someone that he knew or someone that lived where he lived or something like that where I guess his girl was like whooping his butt. Like he showed up with like a a black eye or something like that. But yeah, but I I guess the dude made it seem like it wasn't the first time. He's all, yeah, she's all right. It's just, you know, it's just, just, I got her mad or something like that. I'm like... But you got a full-on black eye, like... Nah, bro. That's not happening. That's not cool. <laughs> uh, I'm not saying hit her back, but... Uh, All you got to do at is least like, create man, some, stop playing. Watch create some put, distance. Put some hands down, man. What you doing? kind of... <laughs> right. Girl, what you doing? Go, go, go sit out somewhere. So, I don't know. Right. Unless you like an MMA fighter or something. Right. Well, I mean, obviously, they haven't established, you know, who the physical alpha is. Come on now. No, if, I think if it's she even is, a question. She established. Well, yeah. If it's even a question, you don't even be in that relationship. Like, come on, man. You got to make some better moves than that. Yeah, but, <laughs> whew, yeah. I don't, I don't know. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I couldn't let that happen, nah. regardless of the situation. I ain't built like that. Nah. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. That was a really good question. Um, thank you for whoever sent that in. Yep. Um, again, make sure y'all send in different questions and topics. Uh, we appreciate it. So, yeah, hopefully we can get some more. Here's another question we got. Um, as a stepdad or a stepmom, um, how do you gain the respect? So when you try and reprimand, then you don't always seem like the bad guy or a girl. Uh, Yeah, I think I kind of lead this one off. Um, I think with that, you definitely have it it comes. It begins with the the actual parent, the the bio parent in the situation. Um, You have to establish the rules. um, And for both sides, it's not just for the child, but for. The, the new partner coming into the situation as far as making sure you establish what's acceptable and how far they're able to go um, with the child. Uh, even if you're married with the person, um, like for my situation, if I were to get married with somebody, um, 
I'm not going to go in and just start, okay, we're married, so I'm going to start beating your kid right. just because they're acting up. And this is like, no, regardless of the situation, I'm not the bio dad. Yeah, I might be the provider for the household and for the child, but that doesn't mean I'm going to have full physical rights over the kid right. to be able to do uh, my could, way. Yeah, that can cause problems with you and the other parent, right? Right. I mean, and then again, especially if the other parent is still in the picture, right. somehow you at least want to address it to them just out of respect. Right. Um, now, if someone comes to me, let's say my son's mom um, gets married to somebody and let's say EJ is 16 and he's out there like drinking all of a sudden or something and stepdad comes to me and he's like, hey, like I caught him drinking at the house. What do you want me to like? What What do you want me to do? I just took his stuff away, whatever. Um then if I'm not there, I expect him to be responsible as an adult and handle the situation. I don't expect him to fight him or nothing like that. Leave that to me because I'm going two pieces as next time I see him. <laughs> but um, at least like do your job as an adult in the situation and make sure you reprimand him and take care of that on that aspect. And of course speak with the other parent. So if I will definitely establish, okay, this is acceptable. Yeah, you're the stepmom. Um, I want them to take you as a mother figure or I want you to respect it that way. But if I don't establish that with my son and let them know that, look, you have to listen to her and likewise, she has to respect you as well, um, then nothing's going to be changed. But you do have to give them some sort of authority over that child so that they understand that they have to listen to them. Because I think the worst thing, I know for me too, like the one thing I don't ever want to hear or I don't want my son to ever say, it's like that whole, well, you're not even my dad or you're not even my real mom. Right, and right, like, because right. that will hurt. And especially if you know that you've done so much for this kid right. and you've helped raise this person and all that, it's like for them to throw that in your face down the line, like, that's not cool right. um, at all. And that's hurtful. And I know that's going to hurt your partner. So definitely, I think it comes, it's all falls on the, um, the actual biological parent um, as far as establishing that boundaries and those rules for both. And the end also allowing the, the other person, if she's doing something wrong or he's doing something wrong, and if they say something, you got to support them and be like, well, he said this, so now you got to follow them. Right. Just like you would if it was their, the biological parent. Like, Fair. It doesn't you don't want to switch that because then you're going to take that authority away from him. And later on down the line, if they see that they're doing something wrong, you're not home, but he's home or she's home and she tries to tell him. Your kid's not going to listen. They're going to continue to do whatever is wrong because they're like, well, my mom's not going to listen. My dad's not going to care. Right. Um, they just gonna go against him, or I'll just go tell my dad, and then it becomes another argument between you as a couple. Right. And that's not what you want to do at all. So, at least be willing to allow the other parent to establish a little bit of authority, and you to support them. Right. Just, I mean, it's it is still just like another. If it doesn't change the whole concept of being married and a partner, mm. it doesn't change that. No. 
So, but I think those tough conversations need to be established and had before like the long-term committed relationships and marriage because you'd be surprised how how the parenting techniques um, differ depending on like background and how you were raised. So what's acceptable to you, you know, isn't right. acceptable to the other person. And you have to be willing to compromise within reason because, you know, you know, I'll say even from a, a married perspective, like there's still disagreements on how to parent the kids between me and my wife. And we're what, eight years in, my son is eight, my daughter's six, <laughs> you know, right. and it has to deal directly with how we were both raised. You know, I had both my parents, hers were together and then they split. So, you know, she got it the first half, not the second half. You know, I had it my whole life. So my perspective on discipline and follow through and all that stuff is different. Even the approach to dealing with that stuff. Like, I'm kind of like, I don't really yell too much. I might get irritated or frustrated, but I'm not a yeller. Right. You know, I'm, I'm going to say it a couple times. By the third time, you got a problem because now you're just blatantly disrespecting me because I know you heard me. I explained it and I've repeated it. Right. Right. Now, now level up. <laughs> Here we go. But, you know, Nicole, she's a yeller. She said, blah, 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 blah. And then at a certain point, the kids got to a certain age to where they weren't listening to her because there was never any follow through. You know, now recently that started to change because she's gotten frustrated to the point where she's like, okay, they just like don't respect me. They love me, but you know, her her voice when it comes to authority isn't as strong as she would like it to be. And I was just like, well, you kind of created this. This is this is where it's at. And boom, 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 this is why. And it's only one way to fix that. You gotta follow through. Yeah. You know, all of that yelling and screaming is just like, that just gets on everybody's nerves. And that's, it's a balance. <laughs> you got to balance that. Like, yeah, yeah, if it you does. yell and stuff, but, and you you still got to show some compassion. Right. Um, right. To where I think it's building that. Always. Re- getting that respect and building that relationship with that person. Right. Um, as far as um, kind of making sure that you're following through. And when you're saying something, that they're doing it because they know it's coming from a good place. Right. And it's just like when you're working with other people, you're building that rapport um, right. with other, like for my example, it's like when you're teaching. If you're working with the students, you build that rapport and you show them that you care and you got their back or whatnot. But yet, when it they do something wrong, they know it's Got because, a G-check. Yeah, right. <laughs> they know it's because they actually did something wrong. Right. It's not just because I'm sitting here and all I do is yell at them. Right. All I do is just try and get them in trouble. And that's where the follow through comes in. Like, you know, kids mess up, they they test lines, they see how much they can get away with. They do stuff they know they're not supposed to because they want what they want. That's human nature. That's fine. But it's just like with my kids, if they do cross that line or Whatever the case is, you know, they'll be in trouble, whatever the case is, the punishment, the redirection or whatever. But then, you know, in the middle of that, I'll explain what they did wrong, why they did it, and I'll actually make them verbalize it. And that's like worse than dang near any punishment is when I like make them verbalize what they did wrong and why. 
Yeah. Oh my gosh, it eats them alive. Because it clicks in when it's coming out of them. It's easier for them to really analyze, right? Or listen to what they're saying, right? And then now the punishment isn't that bad because now they knew they had it coming, right? right. They but know they did. Yeah, something wrong. It's, they it's, deserve it's anything. It. It's like you can do some stuff, but as long as you don't talk about it, it never seems that bad. But like, like if you're cheating, whatever, and you actually have to verbally tell the other person. It, it's just, it brings a whole That's new... That's the worst. Yeah. And from them having to find out and come approach you. Right. And it's the same thing with the kids. When you That's make them tell you what they did wrong and why, and then, you know, just kind of go down that road, nine times out of ten, you know, that they, they pretty much lax up for a while until they forget what it's like to be in trouble and then they'll eventually do it again. Yeah. Which, <laughs> That's, That's just being a kid, you know. Yeah. But... And I would say this for those parents or the step parents coming into the situation, do not be afraid to establish those boundaries, right. um, and let your partner know that like these are the this is what I expect, this is what I'm looking for, and why, <laughs> and yeah, and but do not be afraid that you can't say nothing to the kids. Right. Um, if you're taking care of them, if you're providing for them, you're buying their clothes and stuff that they need and want you're spending like your your hard-earned money on them and you guys are in a serious situation then definitely say something and do not be afraid to to try and i guess raise right. do what you got to do as their parent right. now to raise them right. um just because you're trying to look good or you don't want to have any issues or you don't want them to Mess to up get what upset you got with going, you, yeah, right. mess up things with you and the mom or you and the dad. Like, no, that doesn't respect is still respect, and they got to learn it from somebody. And if they don't learn it from you or right. that parent, then it, you're just you're setting them up for failure down the line, for bigger consequences right. to come because you didn't do your part because you were afraid to hurt their feelings or you were afraid that they weren't gonna like you or anything like that. Right, so, moms, big one. Don't don't. Al- don't allow the relationship with your partner or your significant other to dictate, you know, a quality of life for your kid, you know, as far as parenting. You know, if you know you got a badass kid or children and you are not the best parent and you can be honest with yourself and the other person is willing to come in and play the stepdad role and bring some structure and discipline to the table... Allow them to do that. Don't kind of mask it and say, no, I'll discipline my kids and I'll raise them how I want to when you know they're a piece of crap and you know they're not going down the right road to end up to be a productive person and have reasonable values and morals and standards. Right. You know, don't don't allow that, oh, I don't want to mess anything up because I don't have to work and He's paying all the bills and all I got to do is do this. It's just like, no, don't do that. Because at the end of the day, that's going to come back around to bite you. You might end up being losing that relationship or in a divorce because you didn't allow him to help raise the kids the way they needed to be raised. Yeah, and then right. you're going to now end up alone. And right. now <laughs> your kid's not going to be, again, have no other male figure or other figure. Right. And you're just setting them up for even further failure down the line. Right. So you always have to be mindful of that. Um, you know, just, and don't, I would say 
because um, I've seen this too. It's just like you know, don't don't allow them or you know buy them stuff or do extra stuff to cover up the fact that you're not a good parent or that you're a yeah. lazy parent or you know what I mean, and, and not doing your job. So you kind of let them go because it didn't work out with their biological dad. So now you have a bit of a a guilt issue and it's just like, all right, well, he didn't really mean it. He doesn't know what he's saying. He's just frustrated or mad because X, Y, and Z. It's like, maybe, but there's still a level of respect, you know, right. that should be exhibited from the children. So it's just like, you know, you can't let your feelings get involved and not take action when the kids are getting out of line, for sure. Because you just got to have a bigger mess in your hands. The older they get, the more serious those issues are going to get. At a certain point, they're going to end up in jail or in a situation that you can't do nothing about. And it's going to be all bad for everybody. Yeah. And I've, I've seen the situation where, like, the, the stepfather has been there to raise the kids. And they've tried to do everything like to be there for them, they've provided, they've done everything. But the few times that they've tried to discipline, the mom in this situation at least will like go off on the dad. Like, you right. don't tell him nothing. Like, if you get the hell out of here, right? Blah, blah, blah. Like, these are my kids. And then now that they got older, they're in the late teens, <laughs> they freaking attack the stepdad because he was trying to help him and like trip on like get them situated and they freaking like jumped them it's uh -huh. crazy and like they got kicked out the house and they went to like like juvie and all types of and it was like because they had no respect because the mom was Wouldn't overriding yeah, right. and it was overriding everything that the step parent was trying to do right and now that created a whole other issue right. for them. So, yeah, um, I think that's a that's a deep and sensitive subject question. Right. Um, but if you you these are the type of situations and um, conversations that need to be have um, with all the parties right. in in the situation to make sure that those those boundaries are are set. Right. Um, even if you don't have a good relationship with the other parent, with the, with the dad or the the bio dad or the mom, I think you have to establish those rules and get. They have to understand too. Like, look, this is my new partner. This is they're gonna be helping me raise our kids on this end, uh -huh. and so even that's a whole another a whole other conversation. I think that somewhere down the line needs to be had with. Yeah with the th all three parties or four parties if the other person is married too. Right. And so all four of you guys are on the same page because again, at the end of the day, it's for the better of the child. Um, it has nothing to do with you guys, has nothing to do with your relationship, the ex's relationship, n none of that. It's all, right. you, what you got to look for is what's best for um, the kids at this, at the end of the day. Yep. Um, Should be at least. Yeah. <laughs> um, so... I guess that's kind of what, what those I statements might work. <laughs> right? <laughs> from from last episode from CJ when he was dropping those. If you gems. know what we're talking about, go check it out. Yeah, go, go to episode out. two, y'all learn. <laughs> um some good some good information was dropped um last last week. So moving on, uh here's another question that was um 
that was asked, um, is it okay to be friends with any of your exes? I think we might have talked something about this a while back. Um, in season one, yeah, we got like super in-depth. Um, and I think it was when we had four of us in the in the pot at that time. Right. And so there was a lot of different perspectives. Right. And I think I think so. Um, but it has to be within reason. You have to look at the the intent. It's just like, is this ex someone that um, you work with, or is it uh, a friendship where you're openly and willing, willingly pursuing the friendship? You know what I mean? Like, what what's the what's the premise behind the relationship? You know, because sometimes you can have exes to where it's just like, oh, we used to go out a long time ago, but now we end up working at the same place. You have no choice but to interact with them. Right. right? So you kind of have to have a cordial friendship if it ended on reasonable terms, right? <laughs> right. Um, but if it's like a friendship where it's just like, oh, yeah, it's my ex from like two years ago and we were in like a five-year relationship, but we're still cool, then it's just like, ah. Uh, I don't know, and that goes both ways. Guys, girls, girls, guys, whatever the case is. Um, but it just it just depends, because, like, you know, you got relationships to where, oh, yeah, we went out when we were, like, in high school or, like, 15 or 16. Or, yeah, and it's, like, that 15 even, years later, 10 years later. Yeah, it doesn't even count. You know what I mean? So it's like you can't really... You can't really count that. But, you know, some people will be like, nope, if you went out with them, that's it. You can't have it. So, you know, that really kind of um, points out people's um, insecurities about their relationship and things that they've been through. Because people who are very kind of secure and comfortable in their own skin, they probably wouldn't care. But people who are jealous because they've been done wrong or they always seem to lose their significant other to a cheating relationship you know yes they're a lot more like attentive about everything because right. they're, they're scared to lose the person again you know then you kind of have to address it's like well is it because you're scared to lose a person or is it because of something you're not doing or you are doing? It's like you're not addressing the big issue. Right. It's always a reason why, you know, but most people aren't aren't comfortable asking that question. <laughs> yeah. Um, because you're going to, more than likely, the other person is going to tell you some stuff you don't want to hear. And it also plays a, a fact, a part in, you know, uh, judgment in people's character. It's just like, well, if you're in poisonous relationship after poisonous relationship and they're always cheating. They're always so. What type of person are you engaging with? You know what I mean? Yeah, there's so, got to be. What are you attracted? The pattern to doesn't change, and it's probably it's the type you're of, doing. The type of person to it's some your degree, fault. Yeah, to some degree. Now, the cheating may not be your fault, but if it's a character flaw after character flaw, what is it about these people that is consistent, and why do you keep accepting that? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Or what are you not doing or lacking right. on your end that's causing people to go out and do this? Even though it's, I mean, it's not an excuse, but. Right. There normally, is always some ownership to some degree. But normally there's some, yeah, there's some reason why it's, especially if it's happening multiple times. Right. Like there's some reason why it's even, it's been this consistent. Right. Um, right. But most people don't like hearing about what they're not doing. Yeah, you know, facts. it's just what it is. It's just like it's uncomfortable. It forces you to evaluate yourself and 
hopefully make some positive, progressive changes. But, you know, that comes at the discount of, you know, being honest with yourself and allowing people to tell you about your flaws and accepting it and then making provisions to change it. Yeah. And that's what a lot of people don't like to do. <laughs> it's uncomfortable, you know, and it's it's not fun. It's not cool. It sucks major ass. But um, if you're really trying to work on your character and be a better person and set a better example for yourself and people around you, then it's one of those hardship things that you're going to have to do. Um, but it's not easy by any means, you know, and not everybody's built for that, which is the older I'm getting, I'm really starting to see it in a multitude of ways. <laughs> right. You know, when I was younger, I was like, oh, whatever, people are going to do what they want to do. And that's true. But the older you get, you really start to understand, you know, um, people's character and, you know, how much they're willing to change and the position they're in and why they're in the position they're in. And why they stay in the position they're in. Right. And that's the biggest one. Everybody can end up in different places in their life and have problems and issues. But it's just like, well, how long are you willing to keep yourself in that position? You know, people complain about their jobs, but they have the same dead-end job for 25 years. That's a choice. Right. Right? <laughs> so, Especially nowadays. It's like right. the, for you to be able to do so many different things and learn different things. Right. It's at your fingertips. Literally. So there's no there's there's no excuse for you to be stuck in that. Right. But yeah, as far as um being friends with your ex, I think it's also you gotta watch the like you said, the intent in the in the relationship. And as long as there's that respect level from that ex, like if they're hitting you up, hey, what's up? Like ten at night <laughs> or something, like Right. You only hear from them from when the sun go down, you yeah. got a problem. <laughs> It's like, uh, you got to look at science. I know for guys, um, I say it's harder. It is harder for girls to have guy friends, I think. Yeah. yeah. Um, and as far as for it to be cordial, especially if they're your ex, the odds of them just trying to be friends with you right, is probably slim. Right. Um, most likely they're hitting you up for one reason. Mm -hmm. um, just, I, I, I hate that. That's just the standards that we're placed in. But um, most of the times it's because they want one thing. And so that's probably why they're hitting you up. Right. Um, there is a lot of cases where, or there is slim cases where, they actually want to just be friends, or they're, or they're, I guess they you can value say, the friendship. Yeah, you know, especially you if you were like best friends before, and then you end up getting with them, and then it didn't work, and you realize you were better friends than in a committed relationship. You know, those are those kind of like one-off kind of exclusions to where it's just like, okay, it might work, but usually once it crosses the physical boundary line, where you yeah. guys are in an intimate relationship at some point, things are never going to be the same. You can't just say, "Oh yeah, this is just my friend now." That's that's that'd be a hard one to do, you know. Yeah, unless I mean I don't know, unless they're like maybe if they're married, and you're married, it if they're in a whole different place where they're not easily accessible, it's probably a lot easier to to take. Yeah, like oh yeah, if they're like okay, we're in him and 
they live in Moval or Riverside. Nah, blood, that's too close. Yeah. You know what I mean? But it's just like, oh, yeah, they in like uh, San Diego or they're up north or they're a whole nother state. You got to travel, travel. Right. This, this is like intent. Yeah. Two plus hour drive to get to them. Okay. Yeah. yeah. There's got to be. There's an alternative. <laughs> right. Uh, mode. And also just be aware, especially ladies, or at least like be aware of the type of conversation they're having you can definitely pick up signs of what their what the whole objective of this relationship or contact is especially if you haven't spoken to them mm-hmm. in months or years and then all of a sudden they're hitting you up and just the way they're approaching you or if you don't mention like that you have a boyfriend or a girlfriend at the time and as soon as you mention that or that topic comes up then if they start like to just randomly ghost you or start hitting you up less, then there was probably something else that he was planning on trying to do uh-huh. than just be like, oh, I missed you and just wanted to see how you were doing and let's hang out and catch up. Like, nah, he was trying to hang out and catch up. <laughs> um, so, yeah, uh, I think that just kind of... <sighs> It's just on a case-to-case basis as far as that went. For sure. And on the relationship, too. But also, I mean, respect your partner. If they're telling you not to be friends or if they're not cool with it, then, of course, I mean, you want to do what's what's best for your guys' situation. Right. I, I make them explain why. It's just like, so why, why are you uncomfortable with this? You know, if they have a valid reason, then take it for what it is. Take it at face value and be like, all right, I respect it for sure. But if it's just like, just because I don't like it, it's just like, Because mm. she your ex. <laughs> like, right. Uh, okay. Right. She your ex for a reason, but. Right. So it's just like, okay, so if I go through your phone, you don't have not one ex's name or number in here or none of your profiles. Well, we really didn't date. Right. We just, you know, we went to the movies. <laughs> we talked for a minute, but We kissed never... one time, but, you know. Right. So all she types said. of excuses <laughs> <laughs> come up. Oh, you know, he just. It was just lunch. Right. But, yeah, um, moving on to the next question. I think we might have time for one more. We got time for one more. Um, let's see. So how to keep a relationship strong in communication when one partner has past relationship issues? Ooh. That's a tough one. That's a long one. Ready one more time? So how how to keep a relationship strong um, and communication when one partner has past relationship issues? Um, So there's, um, and this is for any relationship, there's two to three fundamental principles that has to happen for this to even be feasibly possible, right? The first one is you have to have communication, and healthy communication, not arguments every time you talk about something, but legitimate, healthy communication. And number two, which is probably even more important, both individuals have to want the same, uh, have to want to communicate with each other and talk about those things, whatever topic or subject matter may be. So if you have one that wants to work on the relationship and build a stronger connection, but the other one is super introverted and just refuses to open up and there's brick wall after brick wall after brick wall, 
at a certain point, there's just going to be so much built up tension and frustration and irritation. By the time you do make a breakthrough, maybe months or years down the line, you know, you almost end up causing more damage. Right. <laughs> trying to break down those walls than just opening up and communicating. You're already creating new issues in this relationship. Right. Trying to fix old issues. Right. right. Because of the past stuff that had nothing to do with this dude or guy. Right. Like now you're creating new ones right. with this with this guy because so you're say, not opening up. For sure. So I'll say if if both individuals aren't willing to better the relationship and communicate and talk, then it's not even worth going down that road because you're just gonna cause yourself so much heartache and stress and just bad bad blood. It's just not worth it, you know. Find someone who is willing to at least talk, even if they might not be easy on the eyes or they don't meet that checklist or whatever. You know right. what I mean? It you got to sacrifice something because very few times do people find the perfect one, right? Where yeah. like physically they're just amazing. You know, they have the conversation. They're great with the kids. They they have the good job. They got the bag. You know what I mean? It's, you're not going to, no one's going to have yeah. it all. Especially ladies. You know? Y'all already outnumber us. So right. The fact that you're going to find So you got to ease guy. up on a checklist because yeah. uh, the ratios is not in y'all favor. <laughs> <laughs> this is just plain facts, you know. It's kind of unfortunate because, you know, I think women outrank guys like six or seven to one. Oh, it's big. It's a huge. And yeah. it keeps getting bigger. And then the the amount of reasonable quality guys out there is like <laughs> way less yeah. than that, right? Um, so I do feel for women in that regard. There is some slim pickings out there. Like yeah. to have a serious quality relationship with and someone you can build together with. Now, people do change. People do grow and mature. And the dirtbag deadbeat, you know, at 21 could turn out to be the most amazing husband at, at 35 30. or yeah. whatever the case is you know that life kicked in and he learned some lessons but how often that happens far and few in between just be honest and that's even for girls too that's true uh, like that's, that's not true. just a, a guy standard i i've seen it with girls where yeah they've just but been, it's less common though it is <laughs> usually once their kids come in right normally they mellow out a lot yeah women will kind of get their stuff together and things will change, usually. Right. That's more of like an 80% chance happening. <laughs> to a guy, you're probably looking about a 60. <laughs> yeah, you'd be a nice. Yeah, 50. Like, right, it's, it's low. It's for that low. to even happen. Right. Um, but I will say to answer that question, you got to be willing to communicate, both people willing to communicate at the same time and healthy communication. If you don't have at minimum those two things, it is not worth the effort. Now, do you think that the um, the person with the issues, or let's say in a couple, you think if someone has past insecurities or issues, that they need to work on it on their own, like that they shouldn't be in a relationship, or if someone's willing to hear them out and be there and walk and kind of deal with it, that they should stick through that or with that so here's the thing there has to be communication or a conversation to even address that because if the person won't acknowledge that they have baggage and refuses to believe that 
they do things or say things that harm their relationship because of past relationships, then you're fighting a losing battle. Yeah. If they're not going to admit openly, like, okay, I have baggage and I've been hurt this way, this way, this way, and it's hard for me to get over it, then what, what, are, what is anybody doing? You know, you have to be able to at least verbally admit it to the other person yeah, to be able to start to work on something. Um, at that point, if they are willing to admit that, I think it's impossible to work on yourself outside of a relationship because you can't work on a relationship without a relationship. Facts. You know what I mean? It's just kind of just like, well, how are you going to work on being a better boyfriend or working on communication, but you're not with anybody? Right. It's just common sense. And most likely, and it's natural, our, <laughs> nat- our tendencies are naturally to end up doing what we prefer right. anyway. So if you're like, well, I should work on this, but I'm not with nobody, your first thought to yourself most likely is like, oh, I'm fine. It's the other person. Or, right. So right. if you don't have someone there to call you on your BS right. and be like, look, this is what you need to do and or this is what you should do or try and be willing to actually listen to what the other person is saying. Straight facts. Then it's not going to work. But right. you have to be willing to admit it. To admit and then accept what the other person is saying. And right. understand that it's coming from a good place. Right. Because um, if they're still sticking around and trying to help you out, knowing this is like, you can bounce and leave at any time and not have to deal with this. For real, for real. Like, yeah, I know you got all these issues, so... I'm gonna just go here with somebody else. Right, I ain't got time to deal with all yeah. this. Yeah, and not have any baggage or issues to deal. Because that's with the worst thing. It's just like, why be with somebody if they're not even trying to help themselves? You know, I'm trying to do all this, and you don't even care. Well, what's the point? Right, right. You know, you have to want. It's like, you know, dealing with someone who is hooked on drugs. It's just like if they're not willing to go to rehab, you can't help them. They got to be willing to help themselves first before they'll receive uh, the helping hand. You know. Yep. And it's the same thing in a relationship. You got to admit you got an issue. You got to, you know, be able to value the other person's opinion and be able to swallow your pride and be like, yep, that's me, my fault. And and try to do better, you know, and not just be like, all right, I'll work on it and really don't do shit. (laughs) You know, that defeats the purpose, too. It's just like, all right, I do this. All right. You know, next time. If I'm like starting to get in those moods, if I say, oh, I'm going to go out uh, with my boy or I'm going to go out with my friends, you know, I'll be back a little later. And, you know, you see their mood change, call them out in the moment. Be like, hey, I noticed when I told you, you know, I was going to go out, your whole demeanor changed. What's up? Why? Right. Right. That's the best time to deal with it. Don't wait until later. Be like, oh, I'm pissed right. off now, so I'm going to talk to you later. Then you're going to be dealing with it two, three yeah. days down the line. Is Hey, well, what's the problem? It's just like that issue oh, could have been solved right then right. and there. It could have been something as simple as, well, you didn't tell me what time you were coming back, or you didn't tell me where you were going. It's just like, oh, yeah, we're going to Buffalo Wild Wings. I'll be back in a couple hours. Cool. Right. Right? It's just why you got to be so secretive? Why Why you say, oh, I'll be back later? It's like, where are you going? <laughs> you know, some people have those yeah. type of issues or hangups, and it's just like something so simple that could have been just like, oh, yeah, I'm going here. All right, cool. Yeah, facts. So, yeah, um, make sure y'all talk it out. And if you have somebody there willing to be be there and help you through these things, um, then 
take that don't don't take that for granted um right let them help you um even if down the line it doesn't happen to work out with you guys um but at least allow this person to help you get through the next this last phase of your life that you were dealing with and having issues right um and again maybe y'all can be friends later <laughs> very possible it's a weird way how the, how the world works <laughs> yeah but there's a reason why this person is in your life at this at this time right um that they still happen to come in so um make sure that you don't let anything from the past kind of ruin what's in front of you right um when especially if they're actually genuinely trying to be there for you and help you out right um get through whatever issues and like cam said you can't work on yourself or work on relationship issues if you're not in a relationship right um so i think that was probably one of the key key points for today um today's episode that was a really good one um we have a couple more questions but i think our time is up for this week so we're gonna go ahead and call it a day here Um, but please keep sending in all your questions and and topics um, definitely helps with the flow and allows us to have better engagement with you guys. Um, we're going to be hopefully in the next week or two, we might do like an Instagram live da, or something da, da. Um, and be able to answer people's questions live or talk to you guys live. Um, we appreciate everybody listening and we'll see you guys next week. Peace. Hey guys, thank you for listening to the Father Time Dadcast. This is season two, episode number two. We appreciate you guys for listening. Make sure you guys go over to Instagram and follow us on Father Time underscore Dadcast. Also head over to SoundCloud. You can follow us on Father Time underscore Dadcast. You can catch all of our episodes back to season one and um, the, our latest episodes from season two. Also head over to Anchor and Spotify. Again, you can follow us on all streaming platforms at fathertime underscore dadcast and please make sure to share it and continue to leave our questions some questions and topics for us to answer for you guys thank you